This past week I was uh, speaking in our chapel to, to the students and I shared with them a story of, or an account that, that had happened this past uh, Tuesday evening. My youngest daughter plays soccer in Grand Prairie. And so for their last night, it was supposed to be, be a practice, but you know how young children are. They don't like practices. They just want to play. And so they came up with the idea that they should play the parents. And uh, so the week before, the, the coach contacted us when we were dropping our, our daughters off and said, the, um, the kids want, want to play the parents, so bring some sneakers and a pair of sweats out and, and we'll play. And so I got there Tuesday night, a little bit before, before the game was to uh, begin, and started watching, and kids started coming in, but there were no parents coming. And I thought, oh boy, this is going to be dangerous. Uh, by the time we were supposed to start, there were six, five parents plus the, the coach. That's enough to put on an indoor soccer field uh, for one side. And they had about eight or nine of the uh, girls out. And so we, we had a game. The score was 7 nothing for the adults. Um, and the, everyone was, you know, thought this was funny, except for the, the girls especially. But you know what? As Paul Harvey says, you know, there is another part of the story. About mid-afternoon Wednesday, the girls got their re- revenge as shin splints entered into my legs. And I, for the rest of the week, I could hardly walk. Uh, one morning, I was a little bit, uh, Sharon and I were, were coming to work, and she, she went ahead, and I says, you go, I'll walk. And partway there, I thought, oh, this was a mistake. And I had to debate, do I turn around and walk the distance back home and get the other vehicle and drive to school, or do I suffer through all the rest of the way? But, um, you know, sometimes, like for me, myself, entering into that, that game, I thought, I played soccer, for, you know, for years. I haven't played for years, but I did play for years. No big deal. And uh, had a lot of fun in it, but the reality check came the, uh, the day, day after, and probably today is... The first time when my shins are feeling a little bit better and uh, I can carry on. But, you know, as we move through life, every once in a while, we need to do a little bit of a, a reality check. We need to look at our lives and see where we are at, what is going on. And this morning we want to look at uh, God's word here briefly and look at, at a passage of scripture that I think calls us to take that reality check. If you have your Bibles, turn to, to James. We're going to look at James chapter 4, last few verses in the chapter. James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. If you remember, James is, uh, is writing and telling us how should we live practically if we call ourselves believers in Jesus Christ. What does it mean in our, in our everyday life to live out faith in in the, the realities of it, when the, the rubber meets the, the road. James 4, verse 13, James says this, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city, spend a year there, engage in business, and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you should say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. 
as James um, writes here, I think James is calling the believers to look at life how, and to ask them, how do you look at life? I think James is bringing out two possibilities for us here. The first possibility is that our attitude toward life is, that, is a presumptuous one. What I call the presumptuous life. Now, presumptuous means to overstep the boundaries around us or to take liberties, to be overbold. And when we look at life being, if we have a presumptuous life, as what James is saying to the, the people here, he says, you think you can go and do whatever. You think that you are the king of your castle. You are the determiner of your life. You can choose to move in any way you want to move, and whatever you decide, wherever you, you choose to go, you're in control of that. You are managing your own destiny. James says that's presumptuous. That's not the way in which we should look at life. In fact, James goes on and he basically gives us an analogy. He says, you're like a vapor. You're like the fog that comes up in the morning. You know, this winter we didn't get as much fog as we have other years. But, you know, it, uh, it, it comes up, you know, when, when the heat and the cold is mixing, there's a fog there. The sun finally comes up and burns it all off. Um, those of you that spend time out in the wilderness, in the lakes and that, in, in the summertime, and you wake up in the morning and there's a nice mist just floating across the, the, the lake, the beauty of it, and we enjoy that. But then the sun comes up and it's gone. And James says that's really what our life is like. We're like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it dis- disappears. Now, for most of us, we don't like that analogy. We like to think we have a little bit more substance than a fog or, or a vapor. We like to think that we have a little bit more significance in this life because we want to go out and, and be somebody. We want to make a difference. We want to make our, our, our mark on the world. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I forget which college right now uh, out of Edmonton is uh, putting commercials on TV and the person is talking about all the things they want to do and be. You know, it's, I want, I want, I want. And the whole point of it is, well, the point of it is if you come here, you'll get what you want. But the idea is that you're in control of your destiny. And you will accomplish whatever you set out to, to, to accomplish. And our world thinks like that. But James is calling that the presumptuous life. A life that, 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 uh, that is governed by our own thinking, the attitude that we can do whatever we want. Jesus talked about this in, in the Gospels when he told, in Luke chapter 12, he told the parable of the, uh, the rich fool. I think many of us are, are familiar with that. But remember the man, uh, Jesus tells about the man who's got huge farm, filled his barns full, and he's got lots more, and he just kind of goes, oh, well, I'll just build bigger barns and sit there. He says, soul, take your ease, settle down, just relax, enjoy the things you want. And God comes to him and says, you fool. Tonight your, your life will be required of you, and then whose will all this become? And James picks up on this here in, in the concept of don't be presumptuous and think that you're in control of everything. That you have your destiny and you will go um, in whatever direction you, you want to. When I think about the presumptuous life, to me personally, the illustration of the Titanic always comes mind. We've built this great fine ship. Nothing can stop it. And it didn't go very far before it hit the bottom. 
And James, if that had happened in James' day, he would have used that as an illustration, I'm sure. The presumptuous life assumes that everything will carry on as it always has been. That nothing will change except getting better for myself. The presumptuous life creates a danger for us because it doesn't allow us to deal with the things that come up in everyday life. Okay? We all know that things happen. Things that we're not expecting. Things enter into our life and we're not able to deal with the unexpected if we have a presumptuous life. And what James is calling us then to is to, to recognize that, that, that life is frail. And rather than having a presumptuous life, James is calling us to have a purposeful life. To look at life in the sense of what is it that God wants us to be doing and where are we going. It was interesting this morning, many of the songs that we sang talked about the concept that God is moving in our world, that God is doing something. See, the presumptuous life doesn't look at what God's doing. The purposeful life recognizes that God has us here for a purpose. And God does things with us every day to accomplish that purpose. And we have to really step back and ask ourselves, as we sang the songs this morning, did they contradict the way in which I live on a daily basis? Do I carry on that life will always be the same? And I'm, well, tomorrow, you know, the, the routine. We get up, we go to work, we go to school, we'll do these things, you know, we'll come home, we'll have supper, we'll sit down, we'll do this. And many of us fall into this routine that that's the way life, life is. That's presumptuous. And yet we, we sing songs about God moving. God accomplishing His purposes. God going on before us. God sending out the message of salvation. And all the things that God is doing. And yet too often we just sit there and go, well, today is another day. Just like the rest. I'll go make some more money. I'll do some more assignments. Whatever it is. And we lose sight of the fact that God has a distinct purpose for everything that, that takes place. Notice James says, Verse 15, instead we should say, or you should say, if the Lord lives, sorry, if the Lord wills, we shall live. Notice that. All of us being here today is a part of God's will. We only live this day, James says, if God wills it. That's a sobering thought. It's sobering even in the fact that, as I was reviewing, preparing, I went over some of this again last night. The assumption was, after I turn my clock ahead, I'm going to go to bed, I'm going to sleep, I'm going to get up at this time, I'm going to drive here, we're going to do the service, I'm going to preach, and we're going to carry on in the day. And even in my own mind, I had to realize that's presumptuous. Because I don't know that. I plan for what I feel God's going to do. But it has to come down to the fact, if the Lord wills, we will do this and this and this. See, one of the things we have to recognize in this, James is not against planning. James is not saying, you know what? You should just sit there and go with the flow and wherever God blows you in the wind, that's fine. That's not what James is saying. James is saying, trust in God 
recognize that he is the, the determiner and the director of all these things and then move in those directions and begin to do that. Okay, notice he says, so first of all, if, it's, if the Lord wills, we shall live and we shall do these things. James is not against making a profit. Okay, he's not against people who say, we're going to go set up this business and we're going to make money. Okay, James isn't saying that that's wrong. He's saying our perspective on it is wrong. Our presumption of it is wrong. If the Lord wills, then we will go and do these things. Um, turn back in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 16. Years ago, as I was preparing for one of my classes and doing some, some research, yeah, my uh, principles of administration and my foundations of, of leadership class, came across this passage in, in Proverbs that, ox, that actually talks about planning. I mean, who would have thought that Proverbs would have talked about how to go about planning? Uh, you know, we don't think that that's something that Scripture is concerned about. But Proverbs chapter 16 gives us a number of things about our attitude and how we, we live life in regard to the plans that, that we make. Proverbs 16, verse 1. The plans of the heart belong to, to the man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of our man are clean in his own sight, but God weighs the motives. He says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. The Lord has made, per- has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not go unpunished. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for. By the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. The mind of the man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. We'll read it that far. What the author here is saying in Proverbs is this. God is behind everything. We set out our plans. We look at what's around us, where we should go. We make decisions. But God is behind all of that. And as we give those things to God, as we make our plans, as as we have that perspective of a purposeful life, then I'm looking at everything I do from the viewpoint of, first of all, God's in control, And secondly, God will direct me in the way in which he wants me to to go. And if we if we understand that and we move and and we we choose in in view of those things, then we live a purposeful life. Simply says to commit our ways to God and he will work all these things out. See, the challenge isn't. Do I plan or not do I plan? Do I make uh, decisions and look at where do I want to be going in life or do I just sit there and do nothing? The challenge is, do I recognize God first and foremost in all of these things? Or do I just ignore God and do whatever I feel like? Every once in a while, being a Bible college teacher, I think back on my years in, in Bible college. You know, what was it like for me? How do I, what was I going through? How do I adjust, you know, even myself as a teacher or a person in leadership for, for, for the uh, students? And as I think back on those years, one of the things that, that often comes to my mind uh, was a very, in one sense, a very shocking thing. In my four years of Bible school, 
four to five of my friends died. And one of them almost died when I was in Bible school. Now, that seems like an awful lot uh, for four years. Um, one fellow was shot in a hunting accident. Uh, he, he managed to su- su- survive. Another fellow was doing some new strange exercise routine at home during the summer, and he hung himself. Um, two others... Um, one was on, the, on a summer mission uh, in Africa doing his internship and was killed in a plane crash. And another fellow was on his way to a one-year mission internship and got killed in the highway in southern Alberta here. A year after we graduated, another fellow disappeared. Just disappeared. They never found him at that point anyways. Um, and I often think about those times because... Here were four, five young men who were, had their mind on serving God, who had come to train, to understand, to, to move ahead. Not one of them would have assumed that their life was going to, to end. Not one of them would have you know, ever dreamed of that. And when I think about this concept of do we have a, presumptuous life or do we have a purposeful life the recognition is that that we do not know what tomorrow will bring we don't Uh, we are shocked sometimes by what tomorrow brings we are dismayed we are grieved at times by what tomorrow brings but the fact of the matter still is James is telling us if God wills then you will be able to do the things you plan, but also to recognize that as God wills, all these things happen in our lives. And so no matter what it is, we need to understand that our God is in control and that we need to recognize that and we need to choose to have a purposeful life. How do we do that? Just some thoughts here quickly as, as we wrap up. How do we choose to have a purposeful life? I think from what James is saying to us here, first of all, we need to be purposeful rather than routine. We need to be purposeful rather than routine. Let's face it, most of us have settled into a routine. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> if we're honest, we'd call it a rut. Wouldn't we? We just kind of go through life and it's one day after another, nothing really ever changes, and we almost get depressed about life. And we just carry on in this thing. And sometimes, more often than not, we complain about it. Do we look at entering into life with purpose? Moving in, what does God want for me for this day? What is God going to do? Not just, here we go again. Here, you know, off to this. Okay, what is it that God is giving us for a given day? Let's learn to ask ourselves that. So being purposeful rather than routine. Secondly, to learn to be sensitive rather than obstinate. We need to ask ourselves, what is God's purpose or God's uh, reason for for a specific activity or decision? What is God calling us to? Okay, That grows out of being purposeful. What is God calling us to? As opposed to going, you know what, I really don't care. I'm just going to do my own thing. I want to do this, and so I'm going to do it. 
And sometimes we think like that. Sometimes we're, we're, we're in the process of making a decision, we're, we're going a certain direction, and we feel this uneasiness in our spirit. And we have a sense, maybe this is what God wants, we go, but it's what I want, so I'm going to do it anyways. Okay, we need to learn to be sensitive to what God's spirit is leading in our lives, as opposed to being obstinate and looking only out for our own needs, or our own desires, or sometimes it's outright greed. What we just want it for, for, for ourselves be sensitive to where God is, is uh, taking us. Third thing, we need to learn to become reflective rather than emotional. And I'm not talking about emotional being, you know, the difference between men and women or that kind of thing. What I'm talking about, what's your attitude? How do you respond when all of a sudden something steps into your way and you've got to slam the brakes on, or maybe you don't slam the brakes on, you have this, this wreck you know, things come into life that disrupt where we are going. What's our response? Is our response to stop and say, what is it that God wants me to learn in this? What is it that God wants to teach me this? Where is God taking me? Where, where is the, the, the change in the road going? Or do we just get mad? Do we get upset? You know, what I wanted didn't happen. Or even to the point of saying, because this happened, obviously God doesn't care, doesn't love me, or he's not in control. See, that's what I mean by being emotional. We, we, we let our mind go ways that we know theologically aren't true. And we need to learn to become re- reflective in life and look at what's happening in our lives. Because the way in which we, we do that determines or demonstrates how we think about God. And that's something I think we all need to keep learning. How do I respond to the things around me? Does it teach me? What does it tell me about about how I I see God? And the last thing then is we need to learn to become active rather than than passive. I think most of us have settled into simply going with the flow. Life is there. Life happens. You know, we got... All these plans we had, but now you know we got married, and we have kids, and we got to pay the mortgage, and we got to take care of this and fix the vehicle, and we, and we just enter into this passiveness of life as adults, or as young people, as children. It's kind of like, well, they make me go to school. It's not what I want to do, and so I just got to go there, and you know, I'll try and make it through and get out in grade by grade twelve, and I'm going to do what I want to do. But then you end up getting married and having kids and having to pay the bills and you just fall into that. And we've taken this passive mentality that, that life is there and we're just kind of like going along. Kind of like, remember, you know, I remember when we were kids, you know, in back way, way a long time ago, you know, when the spring thaw would come and the water would start running and we'd all make our little uh, toothpick boats with the little things on them or whatever we did and we'd throw them in there and just watch them. And wherever the current took them, they went. And sometimes we didn't catch up to them and they went down the sewer uh, or, you know, out the creek or wherever it was. That's how a lot of us live life. We just kind of get in the current and we just let it run. As opposed to becoming active, pursuing what is it that God wants for us. Getting a sense of where God is, 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 is moving and what God's doing and getting into that. If we choose to get into the things that God's doing and recognize that God's in control and He's moving us in a way, life will be exciting. It will be adventurous. It doesn't mean it's always going to be fun. 
Okay? It doesn't mean there may not be problems. But it will always be exciting. It will always be adventurous. And we need to keep bringing our minds back to that. What is it that God's doing? Where is he taking us? And choose to get in, in to that. James ends off here with a very sobering thought for us. He says, As it is, you boast in your arrogance. Such boasting is evil. Then he goes on to say, If you know the right thing to do, okay, so he's saying, You know what the right thing is, live purposefully, trust God, and you don't do it, then your life is sin. And he leaves it at that for us. What James is saying is this choose wisely. Are you going to just be presumptuous or are you going to enter into what God wants and have a purposeful life? And I encourage you to look for the way of being purposeful. To look for the path of where you want to go and to serve God in that. It's a struggle nowadays. I would say for many of us as believers, it's a struggle. We see life because we are so filled with Everything that's going on around us in our culture, we are constantly being inundated with the things that are out there. And we see the pizzazz and the splash and all the stuff out there. And we kind of go, wow, that'd be nice. And it's pretty hard to bring our minds back to what is it that God wants. This week we had a, or last week it was, I think it was, we had a speaker at school. And he challenged us. And I wish I, 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 wish I would have written it down exactly the way he said it then. But his point was this. Do we believe that God has called us to life? Or have we settled for a poor sham of an existence as Christians? And his point was this. How often do we look at, well, you know what, we became a believer, we became a Christian, and so I'm stuck with this mediocre, you know, just kind of go without, and all the excitement's out there. Or do we recognize that God has actually called us to life? And life serving Him is far beyond anything that, that is out there. Years ago, I heard this story of, of a, young, a young, an old couple returned from the mission field. And um, they had served in the mission field for 40-some years. Came home, and they were coming, this, this was a number of years ago, they were coming back on, I don't remember now if it was a plane or on a ship. But somebody important was on that, that same transportation venue and when they came to the place where they, everyone was being, being received there was all this fanfare about this person and they got off the, off the thing and they came in and there was really no one there to greet them they, they, they picked up their, their, their stuff and as they're, they're, they're walking out one of them said you know it would be nice after all these 40 years that somebody come and made a fanfare when we came home someone would make a fanfare for us and the other one said, we're not home yet. We're not home yet. And depending on how we look at life, do we recognize that home and what is most important is what God says? Or do we recognize that what is most important is what happens here? That is going to de- determine whether we live the presumptuous life or whether we live the purposeful life. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we realize that you are the great, the awesome, the almighty God.
that you sit enthroned in the heavens. And you, through your Son, Jesus Christ, have called us to be your, your children. You have made the way open for us through salvation in Christ to enter into relationship with you. But Lord, you have not taken us home yet because you have decided that you want to build your kingdom in and through us. Father, I pray that at this point in time that we would understand what it is your Spirit is is saying to each of us. Have we settled into the presumptuous life Simply waiting. And while we're waiting, we're going to do whatever we want. Or Father, are you calling us, as I know you are, to enter into a purposeful life, to accomplish all that you would have for us? Father, shape our thinking. Shape the, the desire of our heart after those things so that we may enter into this life to accomplish all that you would have for us for the building of your kingdom. Lord God, until you come, may we move and serve and live with purpose in everything we do so that truly your kingdom will be built on this earth and we will know that our steps are, are, are guided and directed by our God day by day. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.